Welcome back to Where Are You Really From? Yael Gavish is here and uh, I am still in London with a special guest who knows some Hebrew, which is amazing. Uh, welcome, uh, Rachel Krieger. 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 Yeah. I like that you corrected me for the accent. Like, well, it's important. Yeah. Wait, so in Hebrew it's Rachel. It's Rachel, yeah. yeah. Rachel but no one's really called me that. Even when I lived in Israel, it was Rachel with oh, a yeah, Saudi thing. Oh, yeah, we don't like Rachel in no. Israel. No. Rachel's a kind of somebody's aunt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe like even a grandma. Maybe a grandma. Yeah. I am people's so, aunt in Israel, but I'm we, no, do, we do I, prefer. As far Rachel. as I know, I'm nobody's grandma. Oh, uh, we hope so for you. <laughs> Imagine I, the reveal, the reveal yeah. of your show. I've just discovered. Yeah, she's a grandmother. <laughs> yeah, there, there are many. I, I heard of friends in Paris that they just told me. Uh, they asked me, "What do I think about the name Ezra?" And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, don't you dare call your son Ezra?" So my oldest son is called Zacharia. First name first or like name. middle name? Oh my God, name. you're a mean person. <laughs> so well, only Sephardi people said that to me. They said that's the name of an old Sephardi man. Oh my God. I, I, I had a Dod Scharia. Really? Yeah, every, every, I'm like my, my Yemeni part. Right. My so mom's side. I had uh, an old Dod Scharia I used to. Do you know what gut is? It's the, the leaves that the Yemeni chew. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh, cut, yeah. Gut. Oh yeah, gut. What's cut in here? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so he was. I rem- that's that's my memories from him. Yeah, like Dodzharia sitting outside in the village, like we say mechazen gat. That's right, like right. the the right verb to say. Right. Wow. Like even Israelis don't always know what is mechazen, but but if you're Yemeni or you have enough Yemeni friends, you right. know what mechazen is. So my grandmother said to me that I um, when we told her the name. She said it, we, it was the cruelest thing we could have possibly done. Honestly, she said we were selfish, like, cruel people. No one will be able to say his... He lives in England. Who's going to be yeah, able that, to say his hard. name? Yeah, that's hard. But it's, it's Zach, Zachary or Zach or... Well, there are many ways thought, to get out of it. It's true. And we always thought we'd call him Zach. But when he was little, he decided that he wanted to be called his proper name. And he would only answer oh my God. to his like, full name. But it's one word. You're, like, you're not asking people to learn the whole language. Just like one word. It's and, hard. But people do learn people's names from other countries all the time yeah so, they have no know, choice you know. Yael Gavish is in the town yeah so Yael so my niece is Yael and she's so that's how that's how you know Yael. you know to pronounce my name no because I've known Yael's my whole life my cousin is also Yael yeah but but like because you know people Yael you know you right. would know how to say that correctly and I'm very biblically knowledgeable yeah like for for me I've like I've intru- people introduced me as Yoshi once Yoshi like, yeah yeah, they, really? they have so much hard time with, with Yale. So I think people often say Yale. Yeah. yeah. Yale, like the university, and I'm like, no. No, Yale, like Yale, like Yale. Warrior. Exactly, like the girl that killed Sisra. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a badass. Did, did it's you, a badass name. Did you realize that she even wasn't a Jew? No. That I like, didn't know. What, yeah, what she, wasn't, she wasn't. She was She was a Eshet Chever Akeini. She was the wife of the, yeah. But she helped the Jewish people, so... We we'll claim her, that. her. Do you know yeah. anyone who does anything good on our behalf? We're like happy to have it's, them. Yeah, it's it's very rare when people help us because I don't know. Well, I feel like more people hate us than <laughs> than would help us. So depends how many people are in the audience. Yeah, yeah. It's like for, for me, I've never like luckily I've never had any problems with being Jew and and get like bad. Have you ever had that? Like you, I li- have. you li- so do you think when you grew you- up in in London, right? Uh, yeah, I grew up um, just outside London in Essex. 
Okay. So I don't know that if that's going to mean anything to you at all. It, it is. It's like, it sounds like very it's like familiar. Jersey Shore, it's, yeah, it's with like, not sunny and yeah. no sea. Oh my well, God. There is a bit of sea. Yeah. Not in my bit. It's countryside-ish <laughs> and very um, kind of Cockney, common kind of area, maybe. I don't know. I'm quite scared in case I'm saying horrible things about my birthplace. I actually loved it there. Um, it's quite a particular accent, the Essex accent. Really? But then I went to school in North London, so I've learned how to like tone it down for okay. people who don't understand it. On the radio, actually, and on stage, my accent gets very strong. So really? On purpose? Or? No, I just think that when I'm relaxed and I'm not thinking about it. Okay. I talk how interesting. I spoke growing up. That's cool. Why are we saying this? Oh, because I was going to say to you, but do you think when you're introduced on stage that people know that you're Jewish or that that's a Jewish name? Uh, I usually start my show with telling them I'm from Israel. Right. Because otherwise they're going to be so confused. By your accent? Uh, yeah. Like a few times I wasn't in Boston, like people introduced me as like, maybe even if they say my name right, it's still like, yeah, from Boston. Then I go up on stage with a weird accent. That's not the Bostonian accent. So, right. So I have to like make it clear because instead of listening to the jokes, they're going to be like, What's Where is she from? Where is she yeah. from? What is that accent? I've never heard that before. I'm going to sneeze. Hang on. Bless you. you. Smalla. Lavriut. Thank you very much. Yeah. And all the languages. <laughs> um, uh, But I feel so like I know a lot of places like Essex, for example. Like I know the names because Boston and all the area is basically, yeah, it's basically right. New England. That's very So we true. have Burlington. We, we have everything. I don't, do we have Burlington in England? I think so. No? I've never heard of it. Really? Yeah. I, I'm almost sure that you have. But, but you are... Slough and, and... You have Slough? An American I Slough? Be, I bet I be that there is actually like, um, New New Boston. I've, I've been in a place called New Boston and it's, I think, right. in Iowa or something. They're like... Yeah. But you ran out of names very quickly because no, 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 you came I from think... here and they had to like keep reusing and reusing because America oh, no, no, is so, so much bigger yeah, yeah that's probably what happened with the new Boston place but but I feel like the British went to New England first and they're like alright we don't have time to start thinking about new names let's just like name everything like we know But it makes it simpler yeah um, but you said about if I ever had any issues in terms of uh, being audience Jewish whatever. Yeah. and I have I have had a few like I've had issues about being Jewish and I've had issues about Israel Okay. And that's been quite interesting. And in my new show that I'm working on at the moment, that's one of the subjects I'm looking at, maybe including, about how people like to impose on you their attitudes and their beliefs. So generally, I don't do politics online. I don't get involved in political debate oh, yeah, on any either. kind of social media. So people don't know my opinions on anything, but they do like to make a massive assumption about where my sympathies yeah. may or may not lie based yeah. on who they think I am. So I've it's had uh, a couple of years ago, was it two or three years ago, um, during that summer, I think things were particularly tense in Israel at that time. And uh, Like every like, summer. It's true. Never, well, it's it never, happens in the summer. It happens in the summer. The, we were making the fun of that. The I, I don't know, like, but, but there's like many jokes in Israel that like the summer is coming and the missiles too. Like, it's, right. it's like it comes together. So going in the winters. Even, even the Hamas, better. this time they said like, be prepared to a war in this summer. I'm like, what is it? Like a promo to, to a movie? <laughs> what, what's going on now? Did you have to buy special clothes? Yeah. Like, um, well, that particular... It comes summer. with glasses, like 3D glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, this summer. That, well, this summer. I can't do even that Oh, voice. my God. Um, that particular summer, 
I can't remember what the deal was, but I know that there were two or three times where people refused to take flyers for my show. My show was called It's No Job for a Nice Jewish Girl. And they said they didn't want to take flyers for a show that supported Israel. Oh, my and God. I, I said, Wait, what, that was in Edinburgh? That was in Edinburgh, but I toured it as well. That I did like a preview tour. Then later on, I did a proper UK tour. But um, And I said, what makes you think that the show is about Israel? And they just looked at me like, well, obviously... Obviously, it's going to be about Israel because it's about being a Jewish oh girl. Oh, my God. So I, I think I need to change my, the name of my show before I go there. Well, I've always had Jewish names in my no, show. It's, it's not a thing. My show Just... called Israeli Wonder. Really? It's probably going to be about Israel. Are you, are you there this summer? I'm going I'm going to go this summer for like a few days. Just okay. to, I've never been there, so I want to go to check what's, what's going on before I submit and do mm. everything. So before I'm going to go to spend all that money. So Yeah. Let me know when you're. Let me know when you're up. That's not necessarily yes, so, relevant so, to your podcast. So we're, we're going this time to. I'm going. Do you know? Uh, there's a comedian from France. She she did that in Berlin a few times. Her name is Lisa Radzinski. Mm-hmm. She did some shows in Israel in French, mm-hmm. and she was a guest on the podcast when I was in Paris before here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's gonna go with me and kind of like forced oh, nice. her to go with me. I was like, listen, I, it's so expensive. I need to share a room. So we're gonna share a room for. We arrived. Uh, we're gonna be there between the second to the sixth. So okay, it's right, going to be very short. But so come and see my show on yeah, the 2nd. Yeah. It'll be previous. Right, it's very cheap. Great. So uh, so you do, you're not doing the, the free fringe? No. Okay. I'm uh, in one of the big scary venues. Oh, my God. I'm in a small room in a in one of the big venues. Oh, wow, that's great. So, yeah. Have you, have you done that before? The free, like the not free fringe? Uh, last year I was in a paid venue and I had a paid show and a free show. Slightly different ones. Okay. And this year I'm just doing the underbelly, that's where my okay. show is. Um, and my show has a Hebrew name, it's Hineni. Okay. Um, uh, so I don't nice. know that people are going to know that that's yeah, a probably Hebrew not. word. No, it's also like not one of, the, one of the biggest Hebrew words. So. No. It's, what do you think would be the biggest Hebrew word? Sababa? Yeah, Sababa, yes. But, yeah. but then like people would think that it might be Arabic. Like Sababa or Akhla. Well, that yeah, I guess, I guess very quickly it's a the, the biggest words in Hebrew are Arabic, basically. Right. <laughs> Yalla, yeah. That's what we've learned. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I had, so I had those people re- were refusing the flyers. Wow, and that's then, insane. Um, I was part of a showcase uh, called, I work a lot with an organization called Funny Women, which is a brilliant organization. Uh, in the UK that supports women in comedy at all levels. Oh, that's have, amazing. Um, uh, competitions every year, like um, for performers, for stage awards, for writing awards and all different things. And um, I'm part of their team. I work with their corporate uh, workshops as well and do lots of stuff with them. They're brilliant. Um, so they ran a showcase through that whole summer at Gilded Balloon, one of the top venues. And it was uh, like a lunchtime showcase I can't remember exactly what it was called. I think just funny women could showcase something like that. And it, the format of the show was like a chat show, like a TV chat show. So there'd be a host and maybe three or four acts. And you'd have a theme that you would discuss on that day. And then in between uh, the theme, uh, the different acts would stand up and do like five minutes of their material. Ooh, that, that was kind of relevant. Fun. So you'd chat for a bit and then it would be this person's turn to do their, like a small set, for five, ten minutes, and then you chat a bit more and then the next person would do their. So you'd find acts who kind of related or had a story connected to your theme. And um, 
one time during that run, I remember the theme was about uh, the first time you ever tried to do comedy. Like the first time you ever tried to stand up in front of people and do comedy. So I started to tell the story of mine, which is when I was 19 and I was living on kibbutz in Israel. So um, uh, What kibbutz is it? It was Stelio. Where? Stelio. Stelio. Where is it? It sounds very familiar. Uh, Near Betshan. Near Betshan. Okay, I'm trying to think like... My mom had like a lot of history with the north that's why i'm like i'm trying to think so what time near, in her life she was near living near um, yeah. like it's on the way to the galili probably okay. um <laughs> mainly i was the north there. of israel it's so small it's close to everywhere it was near a border but ev- again everywhere near okay a border. so uh, anyway but i was there and for um purim the jewish holiday purim um for reasons i can't now even explain I decided to write a, a comedy story um, about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs <laughs> in Hebrew to perform in, in, in Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah. So your first show basically was in Hebrew. Yeah. It's, uh, you know that we don't call her Shalak Lavan. Yeah, I know yeah. that now. Yeah. I knew, that, I knew that quite quickly after I started talking. Yeah. Um, when people pointed it out very openly, yeah, um, I didn't. I yeah, didn't Israelis were not like, "Oh, that's sweet." They're no. gonna be like, "No, we don't say that like that." And <laughs> it was just, even when I'm talking to you about it, it was just so horrifying. Like it was just so, I died so badly because, like you said, there wasn't there wasn't like sympathy. There was like, "What?" what oh yeah, she, Israel, also what the is she trying to? Yeah, my the Israeli was good, crowd. But it was good in a conversation. That's not the same. Also, thing. Also, Israeli crowd were so mean. Just like, tough. It's a tough room. Very bad. My show just now in Tel Aviv, I felt that was a really tough room. Not that it went badly, people laughed or whatever, but yeah. I felt I had to work for every lift yes. of their lips. Every yes, you work really hard. Yeah. Um, everything I had to work hard. So anyway, I did this mortifyingly awful thing, which my friends were involved in, and then they sort of slowly disappeared from and left me standing there oh my god and it was that's just, mean every, well i mean i should have just shut up and left oh my god but in this funny women showcase i started telling the story and i said um so i was 19 and i was staying on a kibbutz in israel and then the audience i could hear like oh my tut, god. Tut, tut, and a few people muttering to each other and i thought no i'm just paranoid i'm paranoid and i carry on with the story and they're just like this more and more noise and talking amongst themselves oh my god and I think if I would have been the host, I might have been able to say, well, hang on a second. Okay, so it was, what are we discussing here? And made like a comedy moment out of it. Yeah. But I, I, it was in my set. I couldn't really... I'm not in my set. It was in my kind of response. It wasn't my place to do that. Also, so I, I, feel, I feel like for me, like it never happened to me yet, but I'm not going to be surprised if it will happen. I'm, right. I feel like I'm going to freeze. But I'm also, I'm two years later now. So now I'm all about addressing what's in the room. Whereas yes. then I, maybe I would have been a bit more... Yes, it also... Either way, at the end of the show, everyone, like, you do that show so you can flyer for people to come to your solo show. So I stood there with my flyers and the, these people came by and said, well, we, you know, we're not going to come to your show. Uh, so I said, why? And they said, because, you know, what Israel's doing, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and they my were God. Like, and I was like, really? Like a story about being a 19-year-old? Uh, like, no Palestinians were harmed in that story. Like, it's a story about me being an idiot. Yeah. I think um, at that particular time in Israeli... Um, Palestinian relations, things weren't too awful. Like, it's a long, long time oh, ago. You know, it, but it, there but is always something going on. So right, today I saw, like, someone post uh, in the group, Israel is in Boston. Right. The, like, uh, there's a panel that they're doing now, like, a week about Israel being 
an apartheid and right in the in the university yes in Harvard yeah. and it's like it's basically they raise like hate mm. and like that's not no you should stop the hate and like no have a conversation yeah do you have problems with with Israel go to help Gaza go to Gaza Strip and help them help mm. like the people to get away from the Hamas yeah. like seriously like I There's feel terrible for for Palestinians, but, nuance. but but also also people are listening to the media and they have no idea what's really going in Israel. Mm. Like like for me, many times that I've been to Europe, I felt like an emissary because right. I, I do feel that it's part of my my job of like I don't know. In the moment that I decided I don't want to live in Israel anymore, I, I agreed to be also like to promote Israel whenever I can. I'm not trying to push it like whenever I don't need. But if someone is telling me oh my god Israelis are like terrible po- people mm-hmm. and I remember like many times in my life in Europe I was like do you think that I'm a terrible person yeah and people are like no actually I've never met people from Israel and I was like you see so we're not that bad and and then like the shock the most shocking thing that I used to, that, that I tell people is that I used to work with Palestinians I mm-hmm. like I have a lot of friends who are pa- Palestinians I have a friend from Gaza mm-hmm. and it's not like no one is fighting the citizens like in both like Yeah. basically like Hamas is shooting for no reason about citizens but but it, it's it's much more complicated than it is because I remember like I worked in a restaurant and I remember two Arab guys that were very good friends of mine mm-hmm. like every siren like you know we're running to a shelter and I'm standing I'm looking at, at Boran from one side and Abed from the other side yeah. I'm like you're fucking kidding me like they don't care mm-hmm. like the people that shooting missiles at us they, they don't really I They're even not Palestinians. Mm. They're like terrorists. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel bad for the Palestinians, the, the citizens, because they, they're like kind of like stuck in like nowhere. In the- I think it's amazing that people who meet you or who meet me think that we have so much power that Netanyahu is oh, going yeah. to listen to us. Oh, like, yeah. Like I'll call him up and I'll say, you yeah. know, maybe give it a rest for a week because it, it's upsetting people. And it's, yeah. you know, uh, that's the thing I find people don't understand is exactly what you're saying, that ordinary citizens from wherever are all just people. So it's, Bill Burr said something strong right now. So Roger Waters is uh, one of mm-hmm. the BDS... Supporters. I don't know. So, not supporters. It's more than supporters. One of the yeah, one of the biggest people, and and he called to. He always calls to to artists or entertainers that go to Israel to tell them like, hey, like we boycott Israel. You can't go there. And he kind of like treat them, treat, treated them, and he called threatened. to build, Yeah, th- th- how do you say? Threatened. Threatened. I lo- this is my favorite accent in the world. Well, I grew up. You just said threatened. Threatens, yeah, threatens. It's my fa- it is it is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so, so Roger Waters uh, called to Bill Burr because he had the show I think last week in Israel, and he told him like I, re- I read it like on on someone else like Facebook, so I'm not sure exactly what happened, but from what I read like Bill Burr just told him like listen I'm going I'm not going to perform to Benjamin Netanyahu I'm going to perform to the people of Israel. Yeah. And I don't care if Palestinians wants to come to my show they're welcome. Right. Not I'm, I'm there for the people, and it's it's so true. It's like you shouldn't think about the governments. Like all governments all over the world yeah. are the stupid. The British government has done plenty of things we can be embarrassed about. Oh yeah, I mean, every government. And for me, for me, I feel like it's the best time of the Israelis' life right now because Trump is the president of the United States. I'm like that's worse than Benjamin Netanyahu. And I'm like, so what what do you think? That people would boycott United States now because because they don't like the, the president? No, they're still go there. That they're not going there because they're going to support something that the government is doing. Yeah, like they're the going go- to Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's interesting because I find people, particularly in the arts industry, like to come up to me and they say, you're Jewish, aren't you, Rachel? This is what I think about Israel. And then they tell me their opinion on Israel. So at no point in this conversation have I had to say anything. I've just had to stand there and receive their political views. So it's happened so often that now I just let it happen. And when they finish talking, um, so they finish, you know, saying all the terrible things about Israel uh, and they run out of steam. And I say to them, you know, you're a racist. And they always reply, not a racist just because I care about the plight of the Palestinian people. And I say, no, that isn't why you're a racist, because I also care about the plight of the Palestinian people. Every reasonable human would care. You're racist because you came up to me and you said you're Jewish and now you have to listen to my opinion on a country that you and I don't live in and neither of us vote in. Oh, that's good. That's racist. Because of my ethnicity, you think you have the right to tell me your opinion and I don't have the right to respond. That, that's racist. Like, so for me, I find it so much easier in the United States. For now, I don't know. Like It looks like it's getting worse like with all the BDS and all the like... Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea why, but like there's much more yeah. anti-Semitism in, in the United States now. And, and I'm kind of like... I've, I've never seen that yet, but I heard... like I can, I can feel it in the air that it's getting bigger. It is. So, it's the same here. It's a, no, but, but in Europe, it's already exists like right. for me when I was here I've met a lot of people that hated Israel and then I had to explain them like listen please don't hate me I'm not part of it like mm. like we're both here then I've met usually people in Paris and I'm like mm. you even don't live in your country right now so mm. so come on and the, and the, usually like I think 100% of the times I ended up with a very nice rela- like right. relationship like you know like a temporary relationship but mm. but like the people who were nice to me at the end of the conversation were like wow I didn't know I've never met people mm. from Israel you're very nice and, and I felt like good that I'm like, okay, it changed. it's very easy to change people like yeah. mine. I think if you're a reasonable person and you're happy to have a conversation, when people don't want a conversation... Yeah, but also I feel like hard. we're both lucky because we're both women. And for me, for example, because I travel alone, so I know that people like having like her easiest time to like open to me and like, oh, she's nice. She's alone and, and Israeli and I don't know. Mm. She's very, I don't know, but... But when, when Israel is going in groups, we also making. How, how would you say? Like, how would you describe Fadiha? Like, like it can be quite intimidating, maybe. Oh, we're terrible know. people when we're groups. I, yeah. I saw the. I I went yesterday to Camden, right. and I was like, oh my god, Everyone's oh my god, really shut there. up, shut up! I'm like, <laughs> I'm not part of that. But there's and, an excellent falafel stand there. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't eat, but but I went to one of the shoe store and I asked the the lady if she knows something and. And she was like, where are you from? And I was, uh, I live in Boston now, but originally I'm from Israel. And she started like all the hits in Hebrew. Oh, kapara, ma nishma, ma achoti. And I was like, oh my God, that's bad. That's, that's terrible. I feel like I'm in, in Thailand or something with all the Israels. Oh my God, you should learn this word. And it's a word that's like, oh, no, stop. Just just no. be nice and polite for, <laughs> for God's sake like once yeah. you can hear Israel is like everywhere not because they are everywhere because they're so loud and, and yeah but and that's, that's a cultural oh thing God. isn't it being loud because it, it is, Israel, it is. everyone's at full volume all the time yeah that's true I've just, you know, like I've just my, come back from my there. Sister, my next week, I'm going on Wednesday. Oh, you're going next week? Yeah. Oh my God, that's nice. Oh, this is what I was going to say because uh, I remember like another person I don't think this was in Edinburgh. I can't really remember where it was. And they said to me something about they didn't want to support my work because I perform in Israel. 
um, I'd been talking about something where I just performed in it. I think at the Dancing Camel, actually, that we were okay. talking about before. And um, <coughs> I said, that's really interesting. I said, would you change your mind about me if you knew that um, like two or three days after I performed at Dancing Camel, um, I actually went and did workshops all day in an Arab school. Like I went and worked particularly with the people that you're supporting. Um, and I did... Uh, drama and comedy workshops oh that's day, amazing where which I did I, no, I can't remember the name of the place now so it was a few years ago and uh, was it in the center said, of Israel or no no it was somewhere Jerusalem very north very north okay um, and uh, he said to me well uh, yes I good I guess I guess so and I said well that's very hypocritical that's yeah, yeah know, people to make an assumption it's also <laughs> the idea that people make an assumption that I would be that person who um, hates. Yes, yeah, like, so, so for them, like Israel, all Israelis are trying to kill Palestinians or whatever. Right. But I mean, they, they I've don't never realize. They tried to kill anybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but like for me, I feel like they, they're not aware to what exactly happened in Israel. I lived in Florentine, in Tel Aviv. Yeah. Like my, my neighbor's neighborhood, where mm. it's, it's like Jaffa. Mm. It's like a, a little part of Tel Aviv that it's like. There are only Arabs there. Like yeah. Not only now, but, but yeah, there are many like Muslims. And well, Tel Aviv is like living literally in any city anywhere. Really. Yeah, so, yeah, but people from here, they have no idea that, that we live together. Right. Because when I tell people like, oh, yeah, I work like what, the, the chef in the restaurant they work, lived in the West Bank. Yeah. And he can come to work in Israel every day, but I cannot go to the West Bank no matter what. Well, unless I'm going people, to kill myself. Um, I had a lot of people ask me about BDS. It's a, because it's really big here, the BDS movement. And I, I've said to them, you know, like it doesn't hurt the people that you want it to hurt. Like the reason it's not it's not successful is because it doesn't do what you want it to do. It yeah, doesn't you can't, weaken you the economy. Can't create the peace best, with with creating more hate. The best example is the soda stream factory. You know, that the BDS movement campaigned and campaigned to close that factory. And who were the people who lost out? The Palestinian people who worked at the factory, who had a job every day, they earned exactly. a proper living, they had health insurance, they were taken care of, they had transport safely, transport backwards and forwards from their home. Um, that was the entire staff of the factory. So all that happened was the factory gets moved somewhere more internally and all those people lose their jobs. It's the same with Eurovision, that um, the people who were working on Eurovision, it's, it's not... I feel like the Eurovision, yes, but I feel like the Eurovision thing is now in the hands of the gay community. And and gay people, they they love Israel so much. We have like one of the biggest gay parades in the world. Yeah. And it's the happiest gay parade. I've been to a gay parade in Amsterdam. I've been to a gay parade in Paris. I've been to a gay parade in Boston. It's all like political and, and boring things. The gay parade in Israel, it's... My favorite month of the of the year. So in the entire June, there's so many people from all around the world. There are flags everywhere in Tel Aviv. It becomes like to a huge like festival. But you can see that because all year round, if you want to go and stay in Tel Aviv, and you look on any of the websites or say to you, gay friendly hotel, gay friendly hotel. Oh yeah, it's like the the gay the the, the friendliest. The, yeah, exactly. So now from Europe, I have so many friends from all around Europe that go. They go every summer right. to the to the. To the gay month 
and it, it's incredible. Like I, it's, it was my favorite. It's it's a holiday. It's the entire right. month for a holiday. And now they got the Eurovision for themselves. And my mom went yesterday to Tel Aviv to, to go to see the the Euro Village that they oh, opened. Really? And I was like, oh, you're just going to see gays in Tel Aviv, basically. Right. And, and it's true. There are like so many gays right now in Tel Aviv. Funny. So so I feel like they knew already right. Tel Aviv, and they they love already Tel Aviv. So it was easiest. Like last week, we had missiles on Israel. Yeah. And for me, to be honest, I was a little bit scared that like mm-hmm. they might cancel the Eurovision. I think but everyone also, was scared. I do, and, and they made so many jokes. Like all the all the gays in uh, in Tel Aviv are like, all right, try to cancel. Like if they're gonna do something on Tel Aviv in this month, they're gonna have problems with all the gay communities in in Europe. So they're so probably not gonna do that. So. Right. You don't want to start. Oh, yeah, you don't want to start with them. And no. for, for us, like, to be honest, if one missile, and, and I know that, like, Israel got covered forever. Like, right. we, we're going to have, like, the back of so many people and so many good people and amazing okay. people and people that fight for their rights for so many yeah. years. And and then, like, to bring them to our side, like, to keep fighting. Right. Like, yeah, it's... Well. Like, for me, the thing is, like, you don't have to love us, but, but don't hate, like, don't hate us. Like, there is no reason to hate. Or if you're going to be hating, just hate the military, like, the people behind the decisions. Yes, yes, exactly. That's that's what I find is that... Yeah, I hate all governments. Yeah. All around the world. Like, I hate Benjamin Netanyahu, and also I hate the other people that try... Like, last last elections, I almost didn't vote at all. And then the last moment I went and I gave uh, gave my vote to the the weed legalization party. Right. Like right in the, and I even don't smoke. It was just like, eh, whatever. It's a, it's very, it's a very difficult thing, and it's the, I mean, the biggest issue we have in England is that people just don't understand the difference between saying something about Jews and saying something about Israel. They yeah. don't get it at all, yeah. and that's the like, you know, when you said about the title of your podcast, that's what I found very interesting because people often say to me like, where are you from, and I say, well, I. Say, from London but I grew up just outside London and now where are you really from so well I guess Essex then um, mm-hmm. but where are you where are you really from that's where I'm from my parents are both born here my, my grandparents weren't but my parents were so I'm second generation British um, uh, but people find that really hard and then they make then they say wait so you're second generation British where yeah. did they came from where did they uh, come all from? around Europe Europe Germany okay. Austria Russia Poland okay um, uh, but actually, my grandmother technically was born here, but she was the youngest of the family. Okay. Everyone else wasn't born here. Okay. And the same with my grandfather. He was born here because they were passing through. One grandfather okay. passed through, but they went back to Russia straight away. And then he came back again afterwards. So it's okay. not... So, yeah, so they were technically... It's British, British enough. But, um, yeah, and they, they, and they really had a thing about being British and wanting to be British. But um, the assumption is that when I say that to people, they then assume that the next generation above will it be Israeli and I'm like no none of them were Israeli um, oh we left Israel we, we left Israel probably really a, a, long thou- time. a thousand yeah. years ago yeah I mean actually, I, don't, I, have no, I don't think I've ever tried there, to there's it still out. like some Israelis that stayed there yeah like course. people think that we took the land from like no there were still Israelis there when like yeah when Israel was established like before my, that my um, grandmother's sister made Aliyah when she was uh, quite young I think so she oh yeah my grandmother she moved herself Palestinian I mean uh, my grandmother moved from Lodge in Poland right before the war started right and it was I think like 34 or something right yeah and she moved to Israel so her passport family. will have said Palestinian because yeah. that's what everybody's 
Yeah. Dead. But but beside that, there are still like Israelis mm-hmm. that stay there the entire time. Yeah. One of my friends, her family. Um, I don't. I think there's people who've never left. I mean, there've been people. Yeah, there, there thousands are, there are, of years. Yes. But it's um, it's, it's really rare, hard but to explain to people here the connection with the land that a lot of people have who've never lived there and even people who've never um, been there like even yeah. people who've never even visited there are many commercials now in the United States yeah. like go visit Israel yeah and then getting a lot of like oh my god I saw like Israel commercial on TV and I was like so go yeah like, let me know when you go I will tell you where, where you should where eat where you should visit like, yeah. yeah but um, at the same time it's um It's not a thing where by you are an Israeli person. You know, if you've sat here your whole life, you're not an Israeli person. Oh, if, yeah, definitely. Even people who are big, if you're a big supporter or you're very anti, it's not... You're, you're not loud you're not enough. Is, you're not loud enough to be part of the Israeli culture. Maybe that's a British thing. Yeah. Not the same, but, but yeah. I have I have friends from Israel that... Wait, so you did a dance in Kamel? Did you do the Jessica in Israel? Um, I... I know all those guys yeah so Shachar and Sponder yeah. they did the fringe like a few years they ago they did and we went for Shabbat dinner together oh really yeah, that's yeah, nice I know, I know oh my god I, I met them that night at the Dancing Camel we were all on the okay, bill together that's cool and, uh, and we became friends and yeah so when they were when they come to UK I see them and yeah. um, when they're in Edinburgh we hung out quite a bit we went to Chabad together Friday night that's cool um, it was funny because I always go Friday night to Chabad when I'm there and um Every time the rabbi says to me, come on, Rachel, during dinner, I would, I'd do something. And I said to him, you know, this is like my Shabbat. Like, I'm religious. It's my time off. I'm, I don't want to work yeah. on Shabbat. Yeah. And uh, then I came there with, um, with Shachar Yochai. And um, he said to me, come on, Rachel. And I made my little speech. And then Shachar said, I'll do it. I'll do it. So he got And he was just, he just did a thing about chicken soup. Like, I don't even know. You know, he's very spontaneous. Oh, he's a very and funny guy. Was, He had everyone was like crying with laughter. And I thought, you know what? I'm pleased I've never tried to do anything before now because I oh, would yeah. have just wiped the floor yeah. with me in that one thing. It was very yeah. funny. Shachar is... I, another, like one, one thing that I really feel uncomfortable with the Jessica thing. Right. Bec- but, but from the other hand, like that's the only way to keep the, the crowd there. Mm-hmm. So most of the crowd are coming to watch him. That's what I've like from yeah. the last shows that I've done there. Felt like that. And then he's famous now. Oh, yeah. And also he's doing like... 10 to 15 minutes between comedians and it's so hard like it's such a long night right. but it is like it's worth it like if you're in Israel and you, yeah the day is like, worked out when I was there and it's just free now, the, sh- the show is free yeah in the Jessica and then they have like Funny Monday which is yeah. another like amazing show so So, yeah, and there's another one. Um, but that, he told me that, that they promoted the show in uh, Edinburgh as a joke. Like, if you hate Israelis, come to watch the show. And yeah. they ended up with a room full of, like, Israeli haters. So I was there on that opening night. Oh, my God. Oh, really my God. But I think, A, yeah, maybe they promoted it in a I think they didn't quite realize, challenging way. Like, I, I spoke to them about it. But, you know, people have to still... make their own choices. Yeah, because, because Israel is in Israel. It would be like... Yeah, what are the chances? Like, we hear about that, but to, like, right. till it doesn't happen to you, like, I don't know, racism or, or yeah. anti-Semitic, like, that, to me, the anti-Semitic person. also, I think person, that the audience was expecting it to be, like, clever comedy in English about life in Israel. They weren't expecting, because of how okay. it was promoted. So I think uh, they weren't expecting people to just do a normal set. Yeah. And, and I guess the guys, and I'm not speaking out of turn here because we had the conversation with them. They hadn't really thought about how to make sure that their language was 
fluent for delivering in English because I think if you're in your home country performing in a second yeah. language, you can get away with things. Whereas if you go to the country where that is the language, it's very yeah. As that's, I know from that's my horrible that, Seven Dwarves story, yeah, so my yeah, Seven yeah. story is you can't. That's, get away that's something with that they felt about their jokes already. So, like their their jokes are very specific to the Israeli crowd, right? Because I, I'm not sure that they would pass in United States. Like, Shachar is a brilliant comedian. He's a very funny guy. Yeah. But he's so, like, I don't know. He's making fun of, like... I, like so, uh, some of it comes over sometimes, not particularly with these guys, but with Israeli comedians when they come here. Um, it can come over quite old-fashioned compared yes, to British yes. comedy. Yeah. But that's partly a language thing, partly a culture thing. And I think also with Shachar, his... his physical comedy his physicality yes. is so excellent i mean he's amazing a particularly good physical comic and um uh, so i think you don't have to understand him as well as you might yes so Sh- 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 even yeah. his eyebrow is performing what yeah. he's talking about um uh, so that's a different thing but i think it's also that when acts go to edinburgh it's like the trade fair of your industry so you come yes. with like You're you coming want to, to be your best business, self. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're you want, going to Edinburgh to do business. You don't know who's in that room. You want what the opportunities are that are going to come from it. And they came and they were so chilled about it because they just thought, oh, we're here to oh have some God. fun and whatever. And um, afterwards, they said to me, it was the two of them, then Ori Halevi. Um, so if you know him, okay. he's now in um, Berlin. And David Klimnik. So it was the four of them. And they said to me afterwards, what did you think? And I said... Oh Do you want God. to know, what did you think, Rachel, my friend? Or what did you think, Rachel, comedy, promoter, performer, yeah. director? Like, who, who are you asking the question to? And said, okay, both. So I said, your friend, that was really fun. Like, it's yeah. nice to see you. I, I know, yeah, yeah, I know those, like, but, type of um, jokes. So it's funny for me. But I said, the other, I said, you know, you, you can't come here and not your best work you yeah can't because people can't especially it's a late show people have come especially oh, they, they did a late show yeah it was like about i think about 10 30 or 11 maybe okay. 11 at night um so people are coming to this and the way you've sold it and i can't remember what they called it i had a quite a controversial title and everything so people are coming they're expecting excellence and you are all excellent like, you know they are great comedians yeah. really great comedians But um, I said that what the show that you gave tonight, that's not an Edinburgh. Oh my God. That's an Edinburgh level show. Yes. Yeah, so I asked so, them, I was in Israel in December. I they were going to hate and I And I asked, the, oh no, the Israel is like. But they took it. Yeah, they we're, we're it. good. The comedians are me, good. what do you do? I said, you have to prepare. They said, well, what do you do to prepare? I said, I rehearse. Yeah. Said, like genuinely, I rehearse. Yeah. This, it's really important. I can't mess this up. So, it's so, costing me so much money to be here. Exactly. I, I have to get so, something from I, it. I asked Shachar and Sponder last time that was in Israel. I was like, are you going to do the Edinburgh this year? And they're like, no. Like, it was right away. Like, yeah. no. I felt like they have like a big trauma. And they kind of said that, that they need to kind of like recover from the last yeah. time. And the, and it's been like a few years already. And I think and, they thought they would get a lot of spots in other places, whatever. It's, you know what? We're all pitching for the same thing. It's interesting. I was speaking to someone recently about the difference between now when I'm full-time in comedy and before I worked in theatre and I specialised in comedic theatre um, and I worked a lot across both areas, I guess. But um, in theatre, if you're casting something, right, you put out there, I'm looking for um, a woman who, with blonde hair who's playing ages between 30 and 40 and has a can do a French accent or whatever right? okay. and then that's the pool of people who apply for that role um, you know I'm looking for a tall black man with um, athletic build 
age, playing age 60 to 70 or whatever it is, right? And that's who applies for that. And in comedy, on the comedy forums uh, for gigs, it will say, I'm looking for someone with a strong 10 minutes to do something yeah. on Thursday in Barnsley. Yeah. And that means that everyone who has 10 minutes and more of material in the whole country and abroad can apply for that spot. Yeah. You know, and it's the competition is fierce. So when you come to Edinburgh, um, everybody's fighting for that like a bit of airtime, that stage time, uh, to either be getting people into their show or to be seen by somebody or to practice because they know that the next day a certain person's going to come and see them. It's so competitive. Did so, they do the whole month? They, I think, yeah, they did the whole they month. They did? Yeah, okay. They did the whole month, but they did a free show, so it's slightly less, uh, a slightly shorter Intense. month. Okay. Oh, really? Um, yeah, the paid shows start a bit earlier and end a bit later. Okay. So, like, for example, this year... My show is 31st of July to the 26th okay. of August. And I think the free shows start from the 2nd of August to the yeah. 24th, maybe, or 25th. So it's slightly shorter. Um, and there's a different pressure if you're going on a yeah. show or a free show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are big, big names here who do free shows. And they go and they rehearse it like they're doing the live at the Apollo for, you know, 10,000 people. Yeah. yeah. No, so for me, I was like... Like, I don't know, like that. in July I had an epiphany. Mm. I felt like I really, I was, I, th I think Spondel taught me that word when I was in Israel. Epiphany. Epiphany. It's a good word. Uh, it's an amazing word. And since that moment that I heard that word, I was like, oh. I'm going to have an epiphany. No yeah. matter what, I, I need an epiphany. It's an yeah. amazing word. And I want an epiphany now. And I don't know, maybe because I thought about it a lot. I did have an epiphany, like a very strong, crazy one. I've never had it in my life. Okay. And I was like, you, let, let's say that when you have it. You can't like say like oh my god maybe it wasn't but it no, wasn't you know a epiphany exactly and and so I talked with Sponder about that moment of a comedian that has right. most of the big comedians they had like one moment because we can work for like so many years mm. and nothing happens but then like one day you get the epiphany and you're like right. I know how to do that now so so that's what happened to me and I was like oh my god I know how to do that now and I'm gonna do that no matter what and since that day. I didn't rest for like five minutes, maybe. Right. Like nothing. I, I was working as, as crazy. I started the podcast. I'm working on a web series. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my one one yeah, show and everything. Yeah, into a crazy person. Yeah, so, so I'm, yeah, and it's, it's amazing. I, I love that. I, I miss that. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm 14 again with all the energies. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do all of that things. And so so then since I started, I, I, I was like, all right, maybe I should start to try to do uh, comedy festivals because that's the thing in the United right. States. And they're just waiting. They're just looking for credits. It doesn't even matter what did you do there. You can go right. to clean the, the room of, I don't know, of the Comedy Central. And they would be like, all right, she's from the Comedy Central. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think that it's stupid and ridiculous because I've met many people. They have like big credits and I'm like, they didn't do anything big there. Like, it, it doesn't count. It's right, not... so there was a thing here for a while where people used to sign you up for gigs based on how many gigs you'd done. But And there were people who could say, well, I've done I've done 400 gigs. But those 400... My open mics. Oh, five spots, uh, <laughs> yeah. four open mics a night for a year. <laughs> um, and in fact, there was there's one guy in the UK comedy circuit, I'm not going to name names, but <laughs> he became very famous for doing, you know, like sometimes people double, <laughs> but he used to do four gigs a night with the same five-minute set. Four oh, gigs my God. A night, more or less. He'd travel all around London, round and round and round London, doing this four thing. And I said to him once, I said, uh, with my comedy writer and director hat on um what do you think you learn 
if you get somewhere, you're out of breath, you've jumped off the bus, you walk in, you do your five minutes, and then you leave again and go somewhere else and do the same thing. You arrive, you do your five minutes and leave. It's crazy. What, what are you learning? How are you developing your material? How are you developing your skills? And he goes, well, it's just the repetition. So, but that isn't learning to be a comic. Learning to be a comic is sitting for the whole show in the room and watching the different people yeah. and how they perform and how the You have to do that every show, but sometimes like, you or have to do that. even maybe you double. But yeah. learning, like, seeing how you dealt with that audience. How did the audience respond to your material? What could you have done differently? Looking at another act and how, yeah. you know... To get inspired by other things. Yeah. It's really, really important because you learn from... I mean, it's observational. That's the yeah. basis of comedy is observational. If you're not observing because you're just in yourself... Yeah, it's all it's all a bit pointless. You're never gonna you're never gonna grow. Like I I hate doubling. I really I like to go into one gig on one night. That's it. I obviously I do. It I, I don't mind to do like I did. It didn't happen to me like long time since I since I've done that uh, because I I don't know like Boston. There's still it's not New York. Right. I feel like in New York you have to do that because we have to do the options are so like there's so many options. So you just, I always think that if you're doubling, then the first one. And the second one, like, react with each other. For me, whenever they doubled, so the second show usually was less, uh, like, successful for myself. Right. And I hated that. So, Because the first night, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to have two shows tonight. Like, it's it's yeah. amazing. So first show, you're so, like, into it. And then the second show, you run, and you usually arrive a little late, so you're stressed, and the show is not that amazing. And or you can't just, read like, the room. Like, I like to sit before Yeah, yeah okay. And see, like, feel it out, and I think, yeah. okay, this is going to work better. Or you, if I change that word, it's going to work the a little Israel, bit better. So the Israelis were not like that at all. Mm. Like, and you can see that in like comedy clubs when there's a marathon or something. Yeah. And every comedian that goes up on stage is going to ask the same exact yeah. questions not, I hate that. to the same exact people. So are you married? Are you married? Oh, they talked with you already. Oh, they talked with you already. Mm. And the crowd is like, yes, yes. And all the crowd already know everything about those couples. Like, they, they like, because every comedian would ask the same question. It's kind of annoying. It is very annoying. So that's why I like to be to sit through one thing. And also, like, if the first one doesn't go well, then when you come to the second one, you're already feeling like, I, you know, out of sorts. Out of, I find that quite yeah. hard. I just, like, I just like to go and check one out. And if it doesn't go well, then I can leave or I can stay and kind of work, try and work out why that's happened. I mean, thankfully, nowadays, it goes well more times than it doesn't. Yeah. Um, which is lucky for my income. Um, uh, but can you be? Can, you can be a comedian here, like only comedian. That that that's all yeah. I do. Yeah, that's my full time job. I'm I do so jealous, Europe. I'm so jealous. There. It's not Europe, but but it's yeah. still part of. But it's, it is hard. I mean, like I said, I do like a workshop here and there, and I do a lot of stuff with um, big charities, like arranging comedy okay. nights, fundraisers for them. That's nice. That have, and they have budgets and whatever, so yeah. that helps. But um, Yeah, it's it is hard, and it, uh, but on the other hand, it it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah, and also it depends on what a living means to you. Like if you if you're looking to be wealthy, so, yeah, so that's for, different. If you're looking yeah. to pay your rent, yeah, that's what I'm looking manage. for right now. But but in in Boston, I don't feel like it's possible, and I'm trying to work on because every place that there is its own system that mm. kind of like you can get. So in Paris, you get like the bucket. So mm. if you do like a show every night. You're going to get like, I don't know, like 50 euros per show usually mm-hmm. and an average, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. But if you do like five, six shows a week, mm. 
it's kind of good because it's also like a short show it's like 10 minute set or 15 minute set so you do 15 minutes and then you put the bucket for you it's not it's like a marathon so everyone and then like each of you gets like 50 to 60 uh euros right Comes up like I don't know. It's, it's pretty good. And then in Israel, I used to do uh, bachelorette parties. Did right. you hear about that with the Israelis? No. What so Yeah. So basically, that sounds horrific. It's it's amazing. It was one of my favorite things. I started to do that like actually right before I, I left Israel, mm. and it became like such like so good for me. And then I had to leave, and I was like, all right, I probably would go back at some point. Mm. But then I did, and then people still like send me messages sometimes like. Are you available in like June or so? So people that like arrange bachelorette, like bachelorette parties to their friends. So I've done even once. Uh, it was like a mixed bachelorette party, like the men and the women. Really, I so felt nice. bad for the men, and I was like, oh, I made fun of them. I was really, like, she didn't let you do that alone. Oh my god, she's jealous. But, but yeah, so so you go there, you're the host basically. They can pay you between. I don't know. It's up to you basically, but. But comedians usually we we can get low as as low as they will get. Right. Like if they're gonna tell me like oh, we have only like two hundred dollars budget, I'm not gonna do the entire whole thing probably. But but it's very flexible. Right. So But usually they they paid around like five hundred dollars I would say. Okay. For like two three hours you do like your hosting. So you have like some games like drinking games that you do mm. with the girls. Uh, I used to do my set and then. I used to write some jokes about the mm-hmm. people, like before the bachelorette party. They used to send me like, like I don't know, like a lot of like weird things or facts right, or right. stories. That, so I've like, done for engagement parties and shavuot, but not. Okay. But that's with like the whole family, then both families. Yes. Yeah, so in a lot of I'm different. trying to find this way because it's easy money. It's mm. so much fun. Mm. You feel like part of of a family or like yeah, part yeah, yeah. of like something that you're not, but. But they make you feel so good because they're like it's the their best moments of their life, right. and I love that. I love being that, and they they always try to convince me like to drink with them and stay. And I was like, I have to go back and everything. But they're so sweet and they're like drunk girls and super sweet. And because they're drunk girls here for bachelorette like hen parties. So this is different in you. Absolute nightmare in a. Club. I know, I know. So in Boston, it's the same thing. In America, they're like even worse. I guess, but so, but but still, like I'm sure that there is. So right now, I'm trying to build it. So the thing for me is that they need to build it from zero because no one ever done that there. Mm. And they do sometimes like events or like hosting events, but but it's not the same. They don't have the drinking games and stuff. But then I thought about maybe like bridal showers and stuff like that because right. that's a big thing in the United States. Is it? Yeah. Because they have uh, say yes to the dress and all that. I have no idea. It's like, a TV thing. I got, I got married once and I didn't even have bridesmaids. Really? But it's ridiculous and I don't know if that's sad or not sad. Did you want bridesmaids? No. That no, no, I didn't. I didn't want that. You didn't want to fuss. Like my my sister-in-law asked me, like, do you want like to? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna force friends or family to like buy expensive dresses that they're gonna wear for like few hours of their life, and then that's it. Right. It's ridiculous. Right. And I was like, basically, my husband and I we both were kind of like against wedding and all those big things. But so what did we, you do? We we so mo- most of the the people in the wedding were like his family because we did it in London in uh, Boston, mm. and then I promised to my family in Israel that we're gonna do something in Israel that we never did. Really? Yeah, because I I don't know. For me, it's like an just an overrated thing. Like, 
So well, I got married really young. I don't know, but you look quite young though. So I don't know, how old are you and you got married? 27. 27. So you were already like... 28. 28. So I got married at 20 and our parents did everything. So we didn't, I mean, they... So we ended up with like a great, how, how big, young? Wedding. How young? 20. 20? Okay. So that it is, it is very young. I would have been happy with something very simple, but we ended up with like a great big complicated Jewish wedding uh, because it was arranged by all the parents. So you said it, you don't know. So my husband is uh, working like really hard for me. I kind of forced him to do that. In the beginning, it started as uh, I needed to be my, my manager. And he yeah. said, like, no, I'm not going to be your manager. Leave me alone. And I was like, I need you to be my manager. Like, please help me. And he was like, I'm going to help you, but I'm not going to be your manager. Right. Find I actually a manager. wanted my husband to be my manager as well at one point. And um, then he stopped. Like, you gave him... Do like, you know, it occurred to me that <coughs> your manager needs to be someone who's really good at admin. Yes. And my husband's, like, amazing at so many things. That admin, not massively his strength. So my so my husband is not gonna be good at that. Yeah. But that's why. Lots of ways. So for me, like that's why I'm here. Like he told me, like you need to find someone that is gonna know what he's doing when he's gonna book you a show. And I was like, we're gonna learn how to do that. We're gonna teach you. Like I don't know that well, mm. and you probably know a little better than me. So we're gonna try like to do that together. I'm like I'm still I. I I'm definitely a better business person than him. Right. And I told him, like, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still working hard. So So you're hoping to tour an hour, like a solo hour? Yeah. So I started, I'm going to start my uh, one-woman show. It's probably going to be in the past when the, the episode is going to be on air. Uh, so my first one is going to be in July 18th. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying all the rest of the shows to be after that, that it's going to be like my premiere because they still right. even didn't finish work on the show right and i'm so stressed the israeli wonder right so yeah about like an israeli girl that tried to move to america to live the american Mm -hmm. dream Mm -hmm. and i thought in the beginning to call it mega jew but then i was like i don't know like i don't want to bring hate and israeli wonder me dressed up as wonder woman yeah kind of like people already love her yeah so she she kind of like She's a good bridge. She's amazing. Wow, she did so much good to Israel. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that she exists. Like seriously, like, she's a, she gives a different, a different flavor. This is Israeli, basically. This yeah. is Israel. She is. She represents the the purest Israelis, like ever. Mm-hmm. And, and she's doing that so good. Yeah. She's so sweet. Like so many Israelis look just like her. I got it a lot. Like oh my god, you look like her a little bit. Like the colors you, and, yeah, and no, like, yeah. yeah. How much of your hour have you got ready now? So, no, so, so basically I do have like an hour to, to right. so I have, I have songs. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's like, I feel like that's what makes me different a little bit more than, than other comedy shows. I have like funny songs and, yeah. and I have about like what 13 songs, the guitar. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, like musical comedy is really big in, oh yeah, yeah. I saw yesterday I did an open mic and I saw like a few comedians with guitars oh, and I was which like, did oh. you do? Uh, it was uh, actually it was fun like I don't know like if, do you know Gary Sansom? yeah so I've met him in Paris okay. and then he told me that he's doing that night gig. no so it, it was his first time there oh, okay. he said like I'm sorry like it's it was only comedians in the crowd and I was like oh no I've done like worse things right. than that open mic obviously that was a pretty yeah, fun yeah. open mic actually it was uh Gun- gunner something oh yeah 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 it's, kind, it's gunner, kind of like um, in the gunner's pub 
Yeah, it was the famous first words. Famous first yeah. words, yeah. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. Like I, I had fun. Like I just sang like three songs. It's not like very well organized. Like mm-hmm. the the comedians just go and like what like when do you want to go up? Like third? Okay, I, I asked to be third, and then I ended up like the second person. Is like all right, give it up to Elga Vision. I was like, like we count different in Israel. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's not third. You use the consecutive yeah. numbers. Yeah. So yeah. so I had to like run to stage like right. But still, but doing still, TNT. yeah, but it's still That's like nice an open gig. mic, so, so it is. But Sana runs, uh, Sana runs a really nice night. Yeah, like um, yeah, I've been, I've been to like very good open mics. In my she's life. she's lovely, and she's been running that club for a long, long time. I mean, I have a bit of an issue with bringers, like the cl- the clubs where you have to yeah. bring a member of the audience. I know for you because you you're not you don't live here, so you haven't had to do that, but. Because I kind of feel like if you can't get an audience as a promoter, like that's your one job, get the oh, yeah, audience, yeah. then maybe there shouldn't be a club there. Or do a workshop gig. So on, there's a really lovely uh, club called Pegasus that runs on Mondays. My friend Richard Wright runs it. And it's basically a workshop for semi-professional and professional comedians to come with an absolutely raw new material doesn't even have to be funny yet can be an idea you had in the shower that morning and you've written it in bullet points on a piece of paper doesn't matter um and you do it mainly for with other acts there but acts who are going to say okay so i was thinking when you did that bit about the fish what if you made it an octopus or whatever and you can discuss it a little bit and develop your ideas and um i think that he realized that the acts really loved his club and audiences on a Monday in that venue are very small or non-existent but he kept it going as like a brilliant thing for the acts so if you're if your club if your venue can't support the night yeah I'm not sure that I, I agree that that yeah it's, it's hard be supporting it. on the other hand she hers is particularly a nice one and well run and it does get some audience who are not that's great that. yeah that's and also is she, it, where is it exactly it's in um, Highgate which is in the center on the northern line no it's uh, from here it's about 20 minutes okay maybe. there's not far from here all right um not on the tube on the underground um but that's a nice one and then have you got something for wednesday in the end and on third wednesday yeah. wednesday i think yes so if you don't have plans on wednesday i can't give you a spot but okay. if you want to just come to my club you, i'll give you a ticket sure a comp, so you can just come and um, watch yeah, that sounds perfect. So see what you find, because obviously do what's good so for it's, you. It's the guy with the, this guy. Oh, I know, John. Uh, yeah, he's, I, I've done that lots and lots of times. Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing that on Wednesday. I don't know what time it starts. So it's, it tends to start, it's supposed to start at 8, and it tends okay. to start a bit later, whatever. And um, is it far from your place? If you're not driving, then yes, it's near okay. to uh, the Wednesday one. I'm just trying to remember because it does too. The Wednesday one is near to TNT where you're going tonight. Oh, okay. This is not far from here, so yeah, that's so great. So it's kind of it's fiddly maybe to get to my one. If you can, you can. We okay. finish at ten. Okay. Um, we have an interval at nine. It's four acts. It's a pro night, so it's um, usually it's professional acts trying new material. Okay. But um, doing full sets, so we've got uh, two fifteens. And then an interval, then we have a semi-professional doing a 10 and then um, a headliner doing 20. Okay. So, and I host it. That's good. It's a really, yeah, it's yeah, really so nice. I'll let you know. It's um, 2011. So, wow. Yeah. Great. So it's, it's amazing. And you're running it like since then? Yeah. It's amazing. 
not in August. It's like once a month. Once a month, yeah. And it's lovely. Okay. We've got a massive waiting list for acts. What's what's going on here in in August? Like there are no people in town. Well, like no comedians no, in town. No, there are people who don't do it. Like every every comedian that I talk with, they're in Edinburgh. I'd know, say like maybe crazy. 75% of people go there. Yeah. And the other 25% get paid a fortune by staying here. And oh yeah. Also probably. not losing. Three thousand pounds. Oh there. my god, that's that's incredible. Gary told me that he's kind of like he's not losing money in Edinburgh. Gary Sansom, no, because yeah. he does a free show and it's very popular. He's been doing the same show, I think. For the yes, last few he told me. Yeah, uh, the bald man sings Rihanna. Yeah, and so he and he has like he has a following, so this, people come oh, okay. see it and. He's always and he's in a free place. He makes good money from the bucket. He yeah. stays in a cheap place and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that so this that, is that's the first my year that I might lose money just because where I am is so expensive. Okay. So my budget's always been really small. Um, last year I kind of just about broke even. Most years I've kind of made a little bit of profit. This year because now I'm somewhere that is costing a lot more money and you have to spend more money on your marketing and your yes. PR and your whatever wow. but you have to see it's it scary. As I feel a, like it's scary it's if terrifying. you do it like every year like what's going to happen this year what's going to happen this and year and it's terrifying if you if, I mean for me as a, a parent <coughs> and a spouse I'm oh, spending yeah. like our family's money it's an investment of money that could go yeah. our whole family could go on holiday oh my god for, like, you're terrible weeks and weeks in, in another country <laughs> but, but no no with the same money that, that's something that I'm very I'm very pissed when people are telling me like yeah I have kids like no more no more me anymore there's like only them and yeah. I can't stand that I'm like no you're not bringing kids to, to take your life away like you still have your life and Definitely. but from the other hand like I know that when the kids are very little you have to like step away a little bit from everything you're doing right. to like so my younger one i think he was about two when i went full-time into the arts so he really doesn't remember a different life that where um, okay. i didn't tour and i didn't whatever so he's kind of very used to it i think for my older one maybe it was more of an adjustment but he was really that bit older so I don't know. It's a very different thing. It is harder when you've got kids. And it's also harder because I really like my family. Yeah. I've got really oh, nice yeah, husband children. I've, I've worked very hard on them. I've got them how I want them now. Like, so, now I miss my husband so bad. Like, after, like, difficult. these weeks. And, and yeah, and I, I told him, like, all the time, like, I want to... I told him today that I want to... I want to move out of Boston because I, I don't like Boston. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't, like, fake it. I, I just hate that. Mm. And... He told him that and he was like, no, we're not moving anyway. You can go to travel whenever you want. And I was like, no, I want you to come with me. I don't want this. Like, and also, yeah. like, someone need to pay for it. Like, I can't just like. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just want to get get out of there. And so he I said, the traveling hard. Yeah. Because of that, I mean, yeah, I love hard. the job, I love the work, but then when you're back in your hotel room, you're it's alone very isolating. And, yes. And I miss my family. And in the summer. I find that it's so crazy. You're not like, going to help you. Focus, focus, focus on your work all the time. And then the minute you're not doing that, the homesickness is huge. Oh, my God. But I have um, a flat that I share with a couple of the same people now every year. So we've kind of got our own little Edinburgh family. Oh, that's they cool. Come, they come and visit a bit, but it doesn't. it's not always very productive because when I'm with them, I feel like, oh, I should be flying or I should be on Twitter or I should, okay. be, or I should be seeing other people's so, work. So and I'm, when I'm not with them, I feel like, oh, I should be with them. I shouldn't be flying. Yeah. So, so for me, I'm like, right now, I already... That's what I started to say in the beginning. So... So Edinburgh, for me, I was like, oh, maybe I will just do Edinburgh this year. And I was looking around and I was like, 
No, you don't just do Edinburgh. Like it doesn't work like that. If if you can, I can do that basically. But I, I know I want to be prepared. I want to I want to be ready. I want to do that and mm. to be happy that I did it the best I can. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna tour my show before. I'm gonna practice. I'm gonna make sure that everything is ready. I'm gonna go this year for a few days to, yeah. to see, to learn, to to, to know what what's, what to expect, and then. Uh, and then, like, another thing that I'm doing now is to convince my mom, because mm-hmm. my mom never believed in me doing comedy. She always oh, was really? like, yeah, she's a Jewish mother. She's just like, find something more stable, find something better, go be, go study, go be a doctor, go be a lawyer. And I'm like, no, no, no. So what does she think when you married a comic? She loves him. Oh, really? Yeah, it's so unfair. He's not Jewish. And I thought that... And she still loves I him. Thought, I, like, yeah, usually, like, all of my ex-boyfriends, she hated. Mm. Like, not hated, but she'd never, like... Yeah. She never even, like now when she loves him, I realize that she never loved anyone of the, any guy that, that I was dating. But now with him, like she loves him so much. I don't know. They're both vegetarians. They have like a lot in common. So probably that thing. But but yeah, also like I, I explained to her that it doesn't matter. My, my children are going to be Jewish and I'm going to raise them as Jewish people. I'm not very good in practicing, but, but I'm... I do like Yom Kippur. And another thing, he fasts with me on Yom Kippur. He's an atheist. That's very sweet. But yeah, so he's fasting with me on Yom Kippur. I've I never like forced him to do that. I asked him as a joke. Yeah. And he said like, sure, I'll do that with you. That's really, And really then when lovely. he said I was like, are you serious? Mm. And he was like, yeah, sure, why not? Sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So he did it. And he eats kosher for Passover with me all the week of Passover. This is so cute. Yeah, usually like call me like, can I eat that? And I'm like, I don't think so. And, but, but I feel bad for him. I was like, but eat it if you want. Like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> He's like, no, no, don't worry. And I was like, oh my God. We went to a Bruins game this Passover. And they packed us some matzahs with, mm. <laughs> with chocolate. And I felt like a Jewish mother in, in yeah. the 90s. I was like, oh my God, what what have I done? The filter fish and Oh my tub. God. Like, I feel like Jewish mothers would pack food, like, no matter yeah. where you're going. But but to a game and then at the entrance they told me like oh you can't bring food inside of the of the gardens and it was like uh i have food allergies and they said like oh all right that's okay that's okay water is fine too it was like oh my god from now on i have food allergy to any stadiums i'm going to they probably if you said it was passover they would have probably let you in as well because i don't want to be like racist I don't think so. Usually the kids that work there are like very, they have no idea what is really? Passover. An allergy is more scary. Cause yeah, all, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, no. Eat your matzah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a gluten allergy for one week every year. Matzah is full of gluten. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I got So I, I went a day before Passover to buy yeah. matzahs. All that's and left is the spell. Yeah, I got, I got yeah, some always. like gluten-free matzahs. And all, oh my God, it's so bad. Mm. I'm like... I feel bad for people that need to eat gluten free I guess matzah. it's what you're used to. Yeah, it's sad face. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. All right, okay. we've, we've been like over one hour. Oh my goodness. Yes, and you. You so can edit you the best bit. Oh yeah, I'm gonna remove some of the stuff. That's so why I was like, let's pass the one hour. Thank you so much for being Thank you. my it was guest. Just really do, you want, nice do you want to promote anything that you're doing in the summer or uh, after that or shows? That's... In the summer, uh, please come and see my show Hineni um, at the Underbelly. It's about being seen for who you really are so that's a quite a dark deep thought to but it's very, very hopefully very very funny and um i'm doing a preview tour before that you can look at my website rachelkrieger.com oh that's amazing where do you go um brighton oxford uh 
Wales. I live right next to Brighton, by the way, in Boston. Not the same Brighton. Yeah, not the same. Yeah. No, we, we have a lot of Koreans in that Brighton. They might have a lot of Koreans in this Brighton. Oh, really? I don't know. I've never, I've never checked. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And next year, when you're planning to come with your show, give him. Oh, a yeah. Show. So it's, it's put you in touch yeah. with places. To yeah, I will. I will need that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm gonna see you in uh, in Edinburgh. I'm oh my! I'm Edinburgh. so excited. It's I'm amazing. so. I feel like it's like my Disneyland now. It, it really is. It's the energy that you get from being where everybody is doing like your thing and doing it the best oh they can. God, I can't it's wait. like nothing else. It's, it's like crazy. Else. It's also can be really lonely and really weird. But yeah. mainly it's, it's Yes, yeah, so I'm going with a friend. That's another yeah. thing that I wanted her to go with me. It where was are you like, staying? Right at, uh, she said next to the Apple store. I have no idea. I've yeah, never been there. Is. So yeah. she said that that's like a, a main area. Airbnb? Yes. Like wow, one room. Amazing that you found it. Yeah. And last minute we, got, we booked it last week. And she said that she stayed there like last year, so okay. So she knew how to contact the person, and also we're going for only a few days, so right. It's good. It's about like everywhere's about maximum twenty minutes from everywhere else, really. Yeah, so that's perfect. It's, it's very cool. Do they have birds? The uh, scooters? Not really. I mean, I guess like they, this is something that would work very like, good. Um, the scooters that you can rent in the streets. No, in Paris, they have like maybe five different. They have uh, it, like the bikes like you have here. <coughs> yeah. Or do you mean, um, yeah, but it's electric scooters. No, I've never seen that. That's oh, so that's amazing. That that might be like amazing thing. Maybe that should Edinburgh. be a new job. Like, yeah, I thought I I bought my my first like my scooter and I brought like on eBay right. because it's a big thing in Israel in Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has like his own scooter and I then you have the birds and just now. yeah, yeah, and then like. In Boston, it, no one had that, so I bought my own. And now they brought the birds and like other companies. So, so, so Edinburgh can... is got it's just hills all the time. Everywhere you okay. go, you're uphill all the time. Doesn't matter if you just went uphill somewhere and you have to go back somewhere, you're still uphill. Um, and it's very old, so a lot of the streets have cobbles. So they oh, okay, so stones. that's not how. So not I think a scooter fun, yeah. might be quite dangerous. Yeah, okay, um, and very shaky. But uh, you will. Yeah, have you've been to Israel. You know how we drive. This is true. It's very dangerous. You'll have too. very good um, leg muscles. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Always. And everywhere's walking. It's just gorgeous. And it's a beautiful place. Like, go and see um, some of the actual touristy things. The castle. Wow, and, yeah, yeah. So I've never done any of that. Like, I don't, I'm gonna, I, I don't take. think I'm going to do, but. Like, in five days when I'm going to be there, I'm probably not going to start to look for, like. So you're arriving tourism. the second. Yeah. What time Arrive- of day? Uh, so my, I took a pl- I took a flight from Boston to Glasgow because it's like yeah. three hundred dollars cheaper. Good and then I'm gonna take the bus or the train. It's like okay. the bus is for you four pounds. Yeah. So, so what what time do you land in, in Glasgow? I think in the morning like eight. Okay. So, so my show is ten past twelve. Okay. So All right. If you can get there in time. Yeah. It's not far. It's about an hour the train journey. So after the second, when's the next time that you're doing the show? I'm doing it every day. Every day, okay. But the tickets the are premiere. way cheaper on the second. Oh, Like okay. 31st July, 1st and 2nd is previous. How much is like cheaper? Like £6 or something. Oh, really? It's very cheap. Pounds, Good. I can't remember. And then uh, goes the like run, it goes up to like 10. I think £9, £10. Okay. I can't remember. They, they set the prices. Wow, that's incredible. It's okay. There might be also two for one tickets, so keep your eye open. Okay, yeah. A lot of places, uh, and in that first week, yeah, I'll try I to, love, to um, drag with Melissa. She, so she's Jewish. She did shows in French in Israel. Right. And yeah. Um, so near, not far from where you're staying, there's a kind of big courtyard 
and it has um, it's what's called the half price hut. So every day that from about nine thirty in the morning, they show like any shows that are half price or two for oh, okay. one or whatever. It's so like it's like the stairs in New York. Yeah. Okay. It's so cool. It's quite good, but it's, like a, it's an official fringe hut. Wow, that's amazing! So I that's, can't wait. It feels so excited. It is brilliant. I'm really yeah. excited for you. Yeah. Like I, I, so you know, sometimes you think, I wish I could do the first time again. Yeah. This, I think, is my tenth visit to the fringe. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, I, and that's I've been there crazy. in every capacity. I've been there as a reviewer. Um, a producer, director, writer, performer. Wow. The only thing I haven't done is yeah. So if if you have other like tips or anything, let me know. I'm uh, collecting tips now. Tips? Do you want to? If you want to do spots when you're there, yeah. Then join the Edinburgh Fringe Performers Forum. Okay. Um, and they have a thread there where people just post. Um, I've had a dropout. I need someone to do five minutes at four okay. o'clock or whatever. That's cool. And then you just like every so often keep an eye on that, and then you'll see. Okay. It. It's amazing. I'm, I'm glad that I found like Lisa to go with that she knows a little more and she knows the areas yeah. and so. Well, there's a map. If you get when you arrive, get the big brochure. The um and it has in the back um a, a really good map of where everything is. It's very easy. Everywhere is near everywhere. Okay. Like once good. you're into the old town, like every building is a is a every building is a venue. Like everything becomes a venue. This would be like four performance areas that they'd put like black. Oh my on. God. So everything, every cafe virtually, every cafe has got a room upstairs wow, or below that's, it. That's um, crazy. A lot of, the, all the university, every room of the university is this, it's got student theater in here and it's got improv in there and it's whatever. So it's like every space becomes cannibalized by the festival. Yeah. Um, they have something like 3,000 shows on through the month. Wow, that's insane. It's, yeah. So that's why if anyone comes to see you, it's a massive compliment because yeah. they could have done 2,999 other things. Yeah. Some of them for free. Yeah. And um, they've chosen to spend an hour in your company. So that's wow. like a really... I, I feel like I'm, I'm a good salesperson, so... Yeah, the firing is the big Yeah, thing. You, you need that in the, when you go to do something that big. So you'll see when you go to the Royal Mile, like the central roads in the middle of everything and that is full from maybe 8 30 in the morning till about late at night with people firing that's all it is firing firing and then they've got a few stages where people sometimes do mainly musical theater groups and whatever do like little performances but um you can't move for people firing oh I mean, my you're God. just trying to it's really buzzy i mean it's annoying for anyone who lives there yeah they all hate it yeah but if i would live there i would probably leave the city right in august which would be brilliant because then you can first you like rent, rent this, yeah exactly for a million pounds yeah and so, then like you go to see the world with that money we're all paying such a scary amount yeah. of money for our accommodation wow all right thank there you, you so much for being my guest thank you for listening and stay around for next week